You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Welcome to Morning Footy. Thanks for starting your day with us. I'm Susanna Collins alongside Nico Cantor, Charlie Davies, Alexis Guerreros, Jenny Chu with some headlines. Guys, I, I'm sorry I left you in the lurches yesterday. I made it back, though. How'd you lounging? No, I get it. A little bit of a nightmare. Airport lounging. Airport, <laughs> there was a lot of, a lot of airport lounging. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's get to... Some of the the big transfer news that we're seeing, apparently Christian Pulisic is in Italy this week to finalize that deal with AC Milan. He's going to have some some medical tests. Um, This is uh, I mean, it's pretty much a done a done thing. But he had signed with Chelsea in January of 2019. Let's take a look at some of the numbers from his time with the club. this is the type of player that they're getting 26 goals and 21 assists in 145 appearances. Um, he won the Champions League with them in that 2021 season. Overall, Charlie, how do you feel about this move? Are you excited for this move for Christian Pulisic? I've been clamoring for him to have a change of scenery for, for a while now. I, I, I just clamoring. think clamoring because this is a player who needs confidence and opportunity because we have saw in that year where they won the Champions League, in the bubble, he was he was phenomenal. I mean, th- he was un- unplayable. He he put, you know what, Virgil Van Dyke on skates. He put uh, Trent Alexander Arnold on skates. This, this in Real Madrid, he bossed against Real Madrid he, as well. We know how talented he is. He's got to stay healthy, and I think he needs a new manager to to give him that trust and that mm-hmm. confidence. So you look at AC Milan. This is a semi a semifinalist in the last Champions League round. So. With Pioli, with some players missing, he's going to fill that void in nicely. He's going to have an opportunity. Olivier Giroud is there already, who he had a great connection with at Chelsea. I just think this is going to be a great opportunity for him to, to reach his, the next level. And it's going to be a new challenge. Yeah. For sure, because Rafa Leao is a lock at left wing. And yeah. Pulisic plays left wing. So it's going to be a challenge to see where else well, on the said field he, he could play. also play underneath in, and in, play in, as a number essentially, 10. Essentially, but... And I understand Christian drifts in. I mean, look at the goal against Wales, the World Cup. It was a central pass to, to Wales. And, and I understand, I mean, clearly he's talented enough to play anywhere he can. But when you're not usually playing a 10, it's just going to be interesting to see how he adapts and learns potentially a new role. Because mm-hmm. I don't see him dethroning Rafa Leao. Even, even he's, 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 he's not even going to touch Rafa Leao's right. position. Uh, then, then, then even or on the right wing. Think of a Salamaker, Shardit Ketelair. I'm, I'm pretty That's confident why they're spending in saying, money on Christian right, Pulisic to saying play. that that Pulisic yeah. is yeah. better. Yeah, lockdown Pulisic was a vibe. So hopefully, he can get back to that. Charlie, I want to ask uh, you something about you. You hit on this. Um, 
the injuries. I mean, he, this is a guy who has been kind of plagued with injuries. How confident are you that he can stay healthy? It feels like there are, there are certain players that are just sort of prone to the muscle pulls. And, and Christian Pulisic has not been able to stay healthy for a long stretch of time. Does that, how much does that concern you? It doesn't really concern me. The World Cup was an injury where he takes a, a shot to his pelvis, mm -hmm. and, and it's a bone bruise. There have been times in CONCACAF World Cup qualifying where he takes too many touches and gets crunched, and next thing you know, he's got a sprained ankle. It's not just muscular injuries. I think it's just learning how to move with the ball, and sometimes less is more with Christian Pulisic. Mm -hmm. Movement, play one touch. Simple, simplicity sometimes works before you get into the final third. And then I think with Christian Pulisic focusing on a new regimen, maybe perhaps it's it's being in a different league in a different environment where you you feel like you've moved on from the past. Look at Tyler Adams. We were questioning his health for a long time, and then it seemed like he had a, a clean run for a while up until the, the hamstring. But I, I just feel that he's ready to take that next step. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't injuries weren't really much of an issue when he was at Dortmund. It became an issue at Chelsea, um, and obviously with the men's national team in the World Cup. Um, but I also think maybe there's a, the, you know, there's a bit of a hindrance with the price tag, and that's something that you know, didn't go away. And every mistake he made, the fans reminded him of how expensive he was, and it was sort of a pressure that's on him. Maybe yeah. that goes away. Not to suggest that Syria or AC Milan, there's less pressure because clearly there isn't, but maybe that's not a, sort of a dark cloud floating over his head. Mm. He, he's, a, he's a top player. What about if he comes back to MLS? No one's ever suggested Whoa. that. Oh, so this is a, yeah, so, um, it would no, be we great can talk for MLS. about this. Yeah, well, I'm sure. And that's it. End I, of list. A, I want to I wanna get your take on it because I think it's an, it's an interesting talking point because uh, Landon Donovan suggested that he would love to see him come to MLS rather than make the move to Serie A, especially ahead of the 2026 World Cup where he could be the guy. You know, he spoke to specifically about the LA Galaxy, wanting the LA Galaxy. I'm going to prepare my to, mate to while Charlie gives his hands. Yeah. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. Uh, no, but Charlie, what, yeah. how do you feel about those sentiments? Yeah, I respect Landon Donovan, of obviously. Course. I played with him. I couldn't disagree more. Okay. And yeah, nothing good ever comes from when someone starts a sentence with, and you know no, I respect you. No, he, <laughs> I mean, he knows that. But first and foremost, Christian Pulisic needs to reach his potential. You want, you, you, you want to be the best player you possibly can be. And I think him playing in Europe in the Champions League and playing with some of the world's best players is going to best prepare him for a World Cup in 2026 and so that he can reach his potential of continuing to be pushed. Because frankly, he will not be pushed in MLS. He will not be Competing pushed. He will play. He will play every week. That's not a question. But will he be pushed? Because you have to be sometimes in uncomfortable situations mm -hmm. to grow, to flourish, to to know what you're made of. And I think Chelsea, he's going to to learn a lot about himself after leaving Chelsea because you look back and you say, "Man, I did this right. I did this right. This didn't do. I didn't do. I didn't play as much as I wanted to." But you go to Milan and you look back and you say, that helped me grow. That experience helped me grow. Because there were moments, I think, that he felt really low, where mm -hmm. he felt he should have played, he didn't get the opportunity. Even with Frank Lampard pushing him to the side, saying, you got to do X amount to get back on the team, he does that. And it just felt like at every stage there was an obstacle. Now he's ready to, to move on. And what if we've seen a ceiling? That's going to make him better. Yeah. We have not. I don't devil's, think we've seen devil's, a ceiling. I get, but what if we have? Yeah, yeah. What exactly. If we have? What if this is the player he is? And by the way, I agree with you. 
But what if this is the player he is? And what if if you he's think not- that if you think that I, I, I think that you haven't you don't watch football because what we saw against Liverpool and and Real Madrid, if he does that consistently, there's much we're talking more you can get we're, we're talking world class. I agree. If by he the can way. do that consistently, so I don't disagree. We have not seen the best of him because if we're seeing the best of him, if his, in his very best match of his career, if he could play that way consistently, and I'm not just saying scoring goals and assists, but movement, good passing, touches, breaking down teams, finding space, being an outlet, that, that Christian can be world-class. How old is Pulisic? 24, 25? 24. Also, right, give him a, more, a couple more years until he reaches his potential when he can really Post flourish. Post-World Cup, he could come to MLS uh, if he wants to 28. Even 28, 29, I would say. I'm, I'm really would, just trying to upset oh, Charlie. You could, <laughs> when, when you can, I think, look, look at, for example, like a Kevin De Bruyne coming into his prime and he's in his late 20s right now. And I think a footballer, when he reaches that stage of maturity, and I think Pulisic still, right, he has so much talent, can really maximize and, and be efficient with the way that he plays. Do you think he can be world-class? He has all the potential to be world-class. you class. think he can be world-class? He has, yeah. he has that, that touch, that explosiveness, and he's, he has that IQ as well, I think. And if he can just imp- keep on improving, he's still so young, he has a potential, but he has to hone in on that. And I do think staying healthy I was going to say, he, uh, get minutes, stay healthy. Stay if healthy. he comes to MLS, that's like parking a Ferrari in a garage. You're just there to look at it. You're not there to drive it. Wow. Right? Deep. Deep thoughts. Five bars. <laughs> bars in the morning. All right. On that note, uh, we're going to take Breakfast a quick time out. Jenny Chu is going to be back with some headlights when we come back. Stick around. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Welcome back. Here's a look at Tuesday's footy fix, which is really testing my pronunciation skills. Today, we've got a couple of UCL qualifiers to look forward to. Hamron Spartans versus Maccabi Haifa at 2 p.m. Eastern on the Galazzo Network. Right here, we've got Klaxvik versus... Ferenc Varos at 2.45 p.m. I played against Klaxvik. No, you did not. Wow. I scored. That was my first professional goal. That's a flex. Yeah. Wow. Epic. Random fact. Nico, we've got some uh, Argentine action. Rosario Central versus Central Cordoba at 5.45 p.m. Eastern on Paramount Plus. Independiente versus Newell's Old Boys. 7 p.m. Atletico Tucumán versus Gimnasia. 8.30 p.m. Eastern on Paramount Plus. Oh, and uh, Alexis, this one's for you. The Halifax Wanderers. Pacific FC. It's actually HFX Wanderers. HFX. Oh. I've made the mistake myself. I thought it was Halifax. Um, it is from Halifax, but they, but it's HFX. they are HFX Wanderers. 6 p.m. on FS2. That's for you. So, um, Hammer and Spartans against Maccabi Haifa, uh, my dad's business partner, the one with which they founded Football de Primera, the radio company that, uh-huh. that my dad has done so many World Cups with. He played for Hammer and Spartans. In fact, he played Champions League 
uh, with Hamron Spartans and he scored against Celtic. No in, way. In the Champions that's League. That's cool. Yeah, that's the only reason why I know Hamron Spartans Great from nugget. Malta. Yeah. Once again, Nico knows. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. on trend. Jenny, too, you've got some headlines for I us, do. don't you? I will get right to them. Uh, PSG has emerged as a potential destination for English striker Harry Kane. According to a report by PSG Community, PSG is preparing to bid on Kane and see him as an option to replace Kylian Mbappe, who appears more and more likely to be sold this summer. Bayern has made a $90 million bid for Kane, which is well short of the $128 million price tag Tottenham put on the English star. Staying with PSG, the French champions Paris Saint-Germain have begun their preseason, and one of the players who has not arrived is Neymar. The Brazilian star has returned from the ankle surgery that has kept him sidelined since February, but his future at PSG is still in doubt. Luis Enriquez's arrival as manager reunites him with Neymar after their successful time together at Barcelona, but Neymar could still be heading out of Paris following Lionel Messi and potentially Mbappe out the door this summer. One player who isn't ready to report for preseason is Romelu Lukaku. The Belgian striker was originally scheduled to join Chelsea for preseason this week, but made it clear he had no intention of reporting, choosing instead to wait for Chelsea to work out a transfer for Lukaku to Inter Milan. Lukaku spent last season on loan with the Nerazzurri, scoring 11 goals in all competitions and helping Inter win Coppa Italia and finish in third in Serie A. Inter are expected to make an offer in the range of $45 million for Lukaku, while Chelsea reportedly are seeking $52 million. In international soccer, England and Spain set the standard at the recent under-21 Euros, and the two tournament semifinalists dominated the selections for the competition's best 11. Six England players made the best 11 after their title triumph, including player of the tournament Anthony Gordon and goalkeeper James Trafford, who starred in the final. Spain had five selections on the squad, including tournament scoring leader Abel Ruiz, who scored five goals. Saudi Pro League side Al-Hilal missed out on signing Lionel Messi, but they appear determined to make a big splash in the transfer market. According to CBS correspondent James Benj, Al-Hilal is poised to make a $77 million offer for Manchester City's Bernardo Silva and $44 million bid for Lazio star Sergei Milinkovic-Savic. Lazio owner Claudio Lotito confirmed that Milinkovic-Savic has asked to leave the Serie A club, with Al-Hilal reportedly offering the Serbian midfielder a salary of $22 million per mm. season. Mm. Nico, how surprised are you to see players like Silva and Milinkovic-Savic considering going to Saudi Arabia in their prime? Not surprised at all. When you're getting that cash, you're getting that cash. And I think it's they're doing something really difficult. Similarly to the Prem being this overwhelming power in, in Europe and snagging players from all around to put together an incredible product in the Premier League, Saudi Arabia is trying to do something similar. But the thing is that very clearly it's part of all of the sports washing that Saudi Arabia's dipping their toes. Oh, dude, you could have switched from Morocco to Saudi Arabia, but then you just took it away by saying that last part. Well, I have a question. You could have got I was going to say, it's, it's nothing new. <laughs> China did this too. Uh, one of my former teammates, Cedric, Cedric Bakambu, was in his prime in, uh, playing for Villarreal oh. at La Liga and goes to Beijing to make 20 million euros net. So it's nothing new. And we saw all the Brazilians, Oscar at Chelsea, in his prime. And they go and come back. And they go. That's, it's, that's, it's generational money. James, you, can't, you can't fault them for, for making those type of moves. Charlie, that's my question. Is will players go and then decide to come back one yeah. year, two year in, and, and say, you know what, I'm not uh, enough. 100%, Jenny. If, if you were told, hey, we're going to give you a three-year deal, yep. a four-year deal, you turn that 30 down. million, 20 million, sign? 50 million a year, sure. But in your mind, you're thinking, I'll go for a one year. Two years and I'm, max. I'm, two years max. And then I'm out. I'm going back to, to, 
you know, find a, a club well, where Pulisic I can live out here. Right? Well, well if, if somebody came in and offered money for Pulisic, how do you turn that down? That's the whole ethical issue around Saudi Arabia. Look at live and, and look at the PGA. The PGA. What ethical issue? So came to come to the money. Hey, when you get buried, there's only one person in that casket. Get that money, bro. <laughs> I mean, it's tough. But what what fault what fault do the players have when you're trying That's to so cross? <laughs> <laughs> Who cares, bro? And not about I, the I human rights. Because human rights obviously that, is an issue. Yeah, but there's people that care a if lot. They, if they came for you right now to go to go be on it, their it, media shows, yep. and you're going to leave CBS Golasso. I am loyal for to a, CBS. For a million, well, I have millions a of dollars. Let's say your contract was up. Contract with CBS. Let's say your contract is up. Millions of dollars. To go. Ten million a year. Are you kidding me? Are you staying? Yeah, it's very difficult. No, no. Are you staying? Are you staying? He said, are you? No, I'm going to Croatia. <laughs> Nico's gone. <laughs> I see it. Are you kidding me? How do you turn that money down? Nico's like, Nico's like, Shelton Riyadh FC. You set yourself up for life for a couple years. If you yeah. cut me right now, what do you bleed, bro? I'm just Morocco. <laughs> Morocco. <laughs> yeah, wow. I, listen, we're, we're all about that coin. Let's let's be real. Everyone right? is Everyone about that coin. Is about PG, that the point. PGA, who f yes. for so long was talking smack about live and, and, and the human rights violations and, and the lack of human rights ethics. Bro. And then everyone has a price. Look, and then what? They're going to backtrack all, uh, all of the 9 11 mm -hmm. talk? Like, like Nah. Yeah. It's it's everyone has a price. Sadly, bro. We now know. Not me on social media. <laughs> I'm not going anywhere. Okay, Charlie. It's a fact. Well, Look at this. If I was on your contract, maybe I'd. Charlie. <laughs> yeah. Charlie, Charlie <laughs> will you still accept my WhatsApp video call from me yet? <laughs> All right. We gotta take a break. Um, we are handing out some grades to uh, some MLS Western Conference teams. When we come back, don't go anywhere. It's a very bright shining light, Sarajevo, and they needed to kill that light. From producers Matt Damon and Ben Affleck, explore how art and music sustained hope during the siege of Sarajevo, thanks in part to humanitarians and the band U2. U2, they represent a personification of our resistance. The Hollywood Reporter hails Kiss the Future, moving and inspirational. Kiss the Future! Viva Sarajevo! Kiss the Future, new documentary now streaming exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. Go to Paramount Plus to try it free. Terms apply. From producers Matt Damon and Ben Affleck. Explore how art and music sustained hope during the siege of Sarajevo. Thanks in part to humanitarians and the band U2. Kiss the Future. New documentary now streaming exclusively on Paramount Plus. Go to Paramount Plus to try it free. Terms apply. Welcome back. Match day 24. The MLS season was over the weekend, which means we're over halfway through the season. And here's a look at the Western Conference standings as they are right now. St. Louis City still sitting on top at 38 points, followed by Seattle and LAFC. Austin FC currently sitting in fifth on 29 points. Let's flip it over to page two. And this is the bottom half of that table. Um, and you see right now SKC in 10th place on 25 points. We're going to chat about them in just a bit. Let's start off with Austin. We're gonna give some, some I guess, mid-season grades. We did it for the East, a couple Eastern Conference teams last week. So this week, we're gonna focus on the West. And we're gonna start with Austin, who, as we see, are currently sitting in fifth place on 29 points. Uh, they had kind of a, a rough start to the season. It wasn't great. They lost a bunch of games at home. They've started to turn things around. They're coming off a 4-1 win at Minnesota um, on the road. And this is a team that last year kind of took the league by 
surprise. Mm -hmm. After um, a lackluster inaugural season, last season was a completely different story. They were one of the most exciting teams to watch. They made it all the way to the Western Conference Finals, ended up losing to LAFC, who then went on to win MLS Cup. Uh, Sebastian Drusi putting in MVP caliber performance mm -hmm. last year. It's starting to kind of turn around for them at this point in the season, halfway. But it's been it's been kind of a slog for for Austin FC, Charlie. Um, for you, what grade would you give them at this point in the season? C minus. Ooh, Ooh that that's, is. Mm -hmm. You wow. were too generous last time. Now you're the you're the bad cop. Yeah, C minus. They're they're in fifth, which is great. But I think the expectations for Austin to be competing in the Western Conference. And their big matches, Houston losing 2-0, losing 2-1 to Houston, losing 1-0 to Dallas. These are your big rivalries. Mm -hmm. Just not getting the better of the play. And, and when you look at Austin play, you, you defensively, not great. And in terms of a philosophy, of you, you don't really know their identity. And yes, Driussi is a special player. But he's struggled for most of the year, and now it's, it seems like he's starting to get going, and, and that's a reason why the results have so, started Yeah, and I think they hit a reset button. Drusi had a, a, an injury. I believe it was a hamstring injury or I something like so, that, yeah. or a groin injury. Kept him out for five games, almost all of May, essentially. Mm -hmm. And look, this guy, not only was he MB, MVP caliber, he finished second in the MVP race to Hani Mukhtar. Mm -hmm. So once Drusi's firing on all cylinders, Austin starts to fire on right. all cylinders. So what's the grade you're giving him? So we'll get into it. I, I actually gave them a B, considering last season, I don't think too many people expected it from them. And, and as a franchise, these are building blocks towards your club's history, towards that first impression you want to give. And you really don't want to make it seem like the first season was a one-off. Yeah. So they started, let's split these first 24 games into two halves. The first 12 games, they only won twice. And since then, through Match Day 24, they've won six times. And they've gotten many more points than they did in the first half. So I think that reset, it was a reality check. Hey, last season wasn't, you know, it, it just doesn't happen easily like that. We can't just go through the motions sure. and have the same season with essentially a very similar team. And what do you um, think of their signings? I mean, in terms of DPs, Rigoni. Is Rigoni, DP? I think they need more out of Rigoni, for example. More? Or they need a, a new DP? Because he hasn't brought it for the past okay. two seasons. Okay, yeah, sure. Uh, Alex Ring is a DP for that? Yeah. Right. Yeah, I, I, it's... That was a Claudio Reina signing, obviously, because he came from NYCFC. I don't, I don't have enough time to give my rating, but mine is a C+. Plus. C+, plus uh, Only because the, some of their losses have been really horrific. I mean, even drawing to Inter-Miami uh, two games ago, I consider a loss because it's Inter-Miami, uh, pre-Messi. Sure. So they're just wildly inconsistent. And you said, I, who was it when Drew C starts banging on all cylinders? That's the big question. Will that ever happen? He's wildly inconsistent. When he finds his form, it's great to see. But you always question which Drew well, he's going to show. It's, but it's funny. Uh, what did I say? Uh, C, C plus. C plus. So I. So and they're, they're, I'm, you said I was generous. They're in the. They're in. I was going to say B minus. I yeah. was going to go B minus. They're at the bottom half of the playoff structure, though. Two, a couple wins the below them. The ceiling for them, down. though, is so high. When you think about a Sebastian Drusi coming into form, there's also Giazzi Zardes up top, who five has goals. Been, exactly. It's and incredible. and John John Gallagher Three is goals. John. Five Ga goals. No, John Gallagher is their second leading scorer, and he's a defender. He also made the the MLS All Star roster this year as well. So I just think the ceiling for them. is is, is high. They just need to put it all together. Did you together. see last year coming. had 22 goals, seven assists, and so far yeah. he has six goals and three.
yeah. assists. And yeah. 50, 50 shots and only 17 on hey. Okay, let's yeah. let's okay. chat about SKC because if we recall, do you can remember we, that? Can we give them two grades? <laughs> start to the season. No, for real though, it's literally a tale of two different seasons for them because they went winless in their first ten MLS matches this season. Put them seven losses in, in a that hole games. in a hole, which is absolutely abysmal. Um, but since then, they are now in tenth place. They're kind of sniffing around that playoff line. They have twenty five points. Alan Polito, who they've been waiting to sort of come out and actually score goals, is finally doing that. Um, he's got 10 goals on the season, four points in their first 14 matches, as you see, 15 points in their last nine. So, Charlie, <laughs> what grade would you give SKC? A D. Um, wow, you guys are so What is going on with you today? That feels harsh. <laughs> what happened? Harsh? They're For one point off the playoff line. They didn't win a game in wow. 10 games to start the season, and they're right there. Just because of the, their form as of late, you're going to say that they deserve a higher grade? They're a C yeah. minus at worst. D? Right. I D. Yeah. I think it's a D. A D. It's a journey. Because it was an F, and now they've improved to a D. <laughs> <laughs> That's a fact. I would have hated you as a teacher, dude. Alan Polito is, is now coming good. Nine goals in his last seven matches. Mm -hmm. Unreal. That's a difference maker. They, SKC always needed a striker. Someone would you who grade could that finish. a C minus? Alan Polito? <laughs> no. I'll, I'll give him a B yeah, right he now. He gets summer he's, school. He's, he's coming in hot. But Daniel Shalloway, Gadi Kinda, uh, Tommy Russell. Johnny Russell. It, yeah. it's, it's 10 goals and three assists for Polito, and then it's a massive drop off. So Shalou with four goals, four assists. Eric Tommy, Tommy with three goals, four, five assists. You just need more from the rest of the group. And mm -hmm. defensively, we've seen if if they don't have the structure, they've str they've struggled. But we've seen them compete this year. They they have the players to win games. Yeah. yeah. And, and they needed Polito to fin start finishing and a, and a good goalkeeping performance. And now you're starting to see. SKC moving in the right direction. And they added Felipe Gutierrez mm -hmm. as one of their DPs now. A, a player who knows the club, who has scored goals for the club, knows what it's like to win with this club. I'm going so. to say C minus. Uh, they're, they're tentative. You know what I mean? I think that this is where they are, this 10th, 9th, 8th. I think that's who they are. If they lose a Polito, I'm scared. Playoff but if team, they lose Russell, who's getting older. Well, he's and he's deal, he's been dealing with a lot of injuries this right. year as well. And he is kind of that key cog in for, for he's that the team. He's soul. the captain. He is the heart and soul of that team. I gave them a B minus. Wow, you guys grade on really harsh scale. You, SKC, you give a B minus. They, they, they had, wow. could win in the first time. Are they a playoff wow. team for you? They, they, they make it in the end. Yeah. yeah, Charlie, did they make the playoffs? They make the playoffs. They don't make the playoffs. I say they make the playoffs. Wow. They make the playoffs. I trust Peter Vermees. Wow. I'm just saying. <laughs> you're, you're a harsh teacher. I know, right? He's on uh, And, and you're, you're, the, you're the teacher I want. Yeah. I'll do, I'll do no work yeah, and I'll get a B. MLS, MLS in itself is a generous lead. No, no, I'll do no work and I'll get a B. Wow. Charlie's good. Tough. Charlie's tough. All right, guys, we're going to take a break. We are chatting Group D of the Women's World Cup when we return. Welcome back. We are nine days away from the start of the 2023 Women's World Cup today. We're diving into Group D, which features England, Denmark, China, and Haiti. And would you look at that? The odds to win Group D line up just like that. England on top, the clear favorites there, followed by Denmark, China, and then 
Haiti, the uh, the big underdog in, in Group D, and a very cool story, which we will get into. But um, let's chat about England, the Lionesses, who are one of the favorites, we would say, heading into this competition. Uh, they won the Euros in front of that record-setting crowd, but... Serena Wegman's team, Jenny, this is a different looking team than the one that we saw win the Euros last year. What, what are some of the differences? Who are the players that um, stand out to you? Well, most importantly, they lost a lot of players to injury. Yeah. That's the biggest headline with England, um, a lot of ACL injuries. So you lost Fran Kirby, uh, the Chelsea player, to a um, knee injury. You lost Beth Mead to an ACL and Leah Williamson to an ACL. So Leah Williamson is the captain of that team. Um, Beth Mead has also stepped in as captain for that team. So both of them... Um, bring up the question mark of who will step in as captain now because mm. we haven't actually seen anybody else besides the goalkeeper once. Mm. Um, Beth Mead is the 2022 Euro player of the tournament and the Golden Boot winner there. So scoring so many goals, you're lacking that now without both of those players, the captaincy and the goal scoring aspect there. M Millie Bright and Lucy Bronze also had some scares right before Lucy the World Bronze Cup. Lucy Bronze has returned. Yeah, for sure. No, they both have returned, but it's, it's just when even more critical players to your setup right. go down. Now, the two favorites have significant absences in England and the U.S. Who do you think the absences, counting the U.S., I'm thinking if Lavelle's not fit and Swanson, Sauerbrunn, let's throw her in there as well. Who do you think's hurting, who do you think's hurting more? England. You could name newest there too, um, Sam. Two, yeah, two? I think so. Yeah, England, I think it doesn't have the depth that we have. Uh, but they do have some some players. I mean, we spoke a little bit about in the past about Lauren James and how effective she was over at Chelsea. Um, I think she's someone who can really become a superstar on this team. Alessia Russo, who just switched from Manchester United to Arsenal, um, another player that I think could really start to sort of put a lot of pressure on on the defenses that they're well, going to come up against. I, I'm a big I'm a big person when it comes to England in terms of their midfield. Mm -hmm. The midfield is, is the heart of this team. Kira Walsh at Barca. We saw her win the Champions League. Ella Toon with Manchester United and George. Georgia Stanway at Bayern Munich. It's a 23-year-old in Ella Toon, 24-year-old in Georgia Stanway, and Kara Walsh is 26 years old. That is the heart. That is that is the the when you look at this group, that is the team that dictates if they're gonna win and, and how aggressive they're gonna be. Because Kara Walsh, she is incredible when she turn in terms of her passing ability, her intelligence, winning tackles, and in, in transition, she is the key to this this English team. Uh, whether they win this World Cup, but they have a really difficult path because if they are to get through in terms of, of who they could possibly be seeing, you're, you're talking about France, or a matchup with France, um, and, and then uh, I, I lost it. Oh, Australia or Canada in the first knockout round, Germany or France Oof. in the quarterfinals and the semifinals. Oof. You know what, in, in, tough. in looking at the World Cup, the knockout stage isn't drawn like the men's World Cup. Usually the men's, like, you can face your group runner-up in the semifinal. I don't know, just a format. J just thing. to, no. sorry, <clears throat> sorry no, me. that's incredibly important, and I'm sure we can dive into that a little closer, but. Thanks, um, Jenny. Sorry. Well, <laughs> but we, we, we brushed over, saying, we're done talking about it. We brushed <laughs> over a couple of things. Um, you talked about Ella Toon, you talked about Alessia Russo. They were such a great pairing and, like, best friends on Manchester United, and then uh, 500,000 euros were offered to 
uh, Manchester United by Arsenal, and then that was denied, mm -hmm. and then she went for free. Which would have been a record. Arsenal. It, it would, would have been, been a record, record breaking for a, a women's player. They said no, and then went on a free. Right, it, but that just goes to show how important Alessia Russo is, and that people can see it. She played at UNC. She's a Tar Heel, so I'm incredibly proud. Uh, and you know, there, yeah, there, I had there, to get there, her in there. That's, that's why we're talking about. We should have a count who, if Jenny mentions UNC more than I mentioned Boca, because I'm pretty sure I would lose there. No, you wouldn't. Uh, but also, that was a perfect time to go. And We'll, we'll deep dive a little long, about that longer later. You could have done that back <laughs> yeah, to her right done at that moment. Yeah. We'll talk about her a little bit more later. But, um, yeah, I, I think you covered England there, but I just wanted to make sure that we got in. Alessia Russo is going to be a breakout player in this tournament, without right. a doubt. Yeah. Great. Let's uh, let's move it along to Haiti. Okay, mm -hmm. this is a, mm -hmm. a team. This is a pretty incredible story, actually. They're making their World Cup debut. Um, it's, it's remarkable that they're in this position because this is the, the poorest country in the Western Hemisphere. They don't have any sponsors. They weren't able to play any of their matches at home because of security concerns and the political unrest that has been happening in this country. So for them to even qualify for their first World Cup is insane. Um, and I think that there's a, there's a lot of feel-good uh, vibes mm -hmm. around this team, a lot of these. And there's some talented players on this team. When you look at a Nerila uh, Mondesir and uh, Melchi Dumornay, these are women that are playing in France and, and scoring lots of goals and, and doing really well. So there's, there's quality on this team. Um, but for them, I think it's a, there was a quote that I read um, from Danielle Etienne, and she said, uh, there's a lot of unhappiness in the country Football is the joy. Being able to qualify to the World Cup would be major. We want that for the country as a whole. We have a breath of fresh air and a kind of step aside from everything that's going on in the country. So this is sort of this galvanizing moment for a country that has, has seen some really, they've gone through so much adversity off the pitch. And for them to have this team and to have this, this group of women to, to cheer for and kind of, you know, just forget about what's going on um, for a little bit, I think is really, is really beautiful. I think one of the things when I was covering the W Championship that really came up as a story that I wanted to d dive deeper into, but um, we didn't really have time and there was like a lot of issues there, is um, when you talk about them needing something to go away from and for it to be, for like soccer to football mm -hmm. to be an escape, um, the Haitian president, the former Football Federation president, um, was banned for life by FIFA in 2020 after the Ethics Committee found him guilty of sexually abusing players. <sighs> and that has since been overturned, and he has returned to the Haitian team. So wow. this is something that I think needs more looking into, and, and we can cover this at depth, but obviously when we talk about football being that happy place for so many of us and for so many different people, there, there is so much that they are overcoming um, to be in this position, they obviously qualified via a playoff spot they, and it's, after the W Championship. It's two games in the Intercontinental Playoff. They beat Senegal, but then they beat Chile. And there's the goalkeeper of Chile. Chile was one mm -hmm. of the surprise teams at the last World Cup. And I don't know, the, the fact that they got through those two teams to make the World Cup for their first World Cup ever is pretty impressive. Yeah. It's, I think what's more impressive about the Haitian women is how they're inspiring the next generation of women in Haiti, in particular, because... You, 2010, the devastating earthquake. Uh, there were a few players who said that they lost friends in their neighborhood that they used to play pickup with. Uh. And, and the, the, the gangs that are overrunning the country, the turmoil, mm -hmm. all of that 
And here they are on the world stage saying, look at us, we're this little country, we have to deal with all of this stuff just to play our beautiful game. And we wanna show the women in our country that anything is possible to keep pushing, that we can overcome all these obstacles. That's the story in Haiti. No matter if they win a game, if they score a goal, just the fact mm -hmm. that they're there and they're on the field, that's what's, what's and they've really got quality. They do got quality. Mondesir scored nine goals mm -hmm. for Montpellier. Yeah. Like they've got some quality, but I agree with you. And you know, when we talk about like I, I'm a big proponent of the Caribbean, I want the Caribbean to do well, especially in football. Obviously, Caribbean tends to separate itself based on what language you speak, Spanish, uh, English uh, based, um, French originally. And, but as a whole, this is a great story. And especially if you're Haitian, the the trouble they've gone through. And the one thing that's really rough, and this is another another story that's just repeated too often about these women's teams that you know, don't have sponsors, don't have places to train that have to do it on their own. We've seen GoFundMes and, and things of that, of that nature be set up just to get to this World Cup. So hopefully it happens where Haiti wins a game or scores a goal and there is a chance to celebrate because the country could definitely use some positivity. I, I would say though, one of the things that we've brought up and I, I don't want to sound like I keep on bringing it up, but it matters, um, especially in situations like this, the guaranteed money for every player that plays in this tournament is going to be a difference maker. Like yeah. that matters, yeah. um, especially in places that are more affected by these things. Uh -huh. 100%. I uh, had a really interesting conversation with my Uber driver when I was going to the airport who was from Haiti, and he was the, one of the first things he asked me when he found out I worked in soccer was, are you watching the World Cup? Our women's team is is playing. And oh. he was so oh. excited. And he talked, I mean, he was mentioning all the players' names, and he, he was had the awareness of of this this team and what it means to people. Now that I'm thinking of it, they might be the, Haiti might have made one men's the World Cup? The one in the 70s. I can't remember if it was 74. Mm. So. I believe so. Yes. For many so of Haitians, is, it's the first it time means, he's represented at a World Cup. It means everything to them. When, we, when I tried to dive into them a little bit deeper as players, obviously I covered the W Championship, so I covered them there. Um, but in their last match, most recently, obviously a lot of things changed between now and then. Uh, they played against South Korea, and 17 different players played in that match. So the fact that it's a friendly, you get to play a bunch of players. So we haven't really seen like 90 90 from a lot of these players. So it's going to be really interesting to see when it, it is. It kicks it is. off. I know, right? I love having underdogs, underdogs to root for. All right. Um, Yay. Great chat, guys. Is that Creole? We're taking a break. Ma Jenny, fue. are you going to do some headlines for us when we I shall. come back I'll head after the there. break? All right. Uh, stick around, guys. Jenny will get you with the headlines when we return on the other side.